Hello, and welcome back to the show. I am Brayden Cromer, joined by my co-host Aiden Hansen and Skylar Williams. And this is the Finest Hour podcast, where we share amazing true stories of human achievement and influence. Hello. Wow. What's up, everybody? It's very deep, Skylar. <laughs> Sorry, my, my voice is a little raspy. From, <laughs> from the milk. <laughs> from the milk? Yeah, I'm drinking some milk. Oh, yeah. Skylar's, Skylar's having dinner right now. Yes, there may be some chewing noises in the background. <laughs> so for that, for that, we apologize. But uh, happy to be back with another episode. Come on, give us a little teaser, Skyler. You picked you picked this this guy. I'll let you introduce him and tell us why you wanted to do an episode on this guy. I really didn't know about him, and I would say yeah, I'm a decent football soccer fan. But when I I read his story, the thing that stuck out to me is kind of his. The way he stood up to, this will be a spoiler alert, Nazi Germany. So without further ado, this week's episode will be about Matthias Sindler, um, the amazing soccer player that he was. Fair warning, there will be mispronunciations throughout this episode. So exciting news. We do have, the last time I checked on just Spotify, we had listeners in, or at least streams in 21 countries so thank you to our international listeners and we we appreciate you very much it's our american spunk that that keeps people coming (laughs) back (laughs) hayden why don't you kick us off did you call him mate (laughs) yeah (laughs) the first word in our notes we can't pronounce but I'm like, Matej, and I'm like, no, that's, that's not going to fly. <laughs> no, I think I'm pretty sure it's Mate. Okay, well, tough name. All right, so Mate Sindler was born in Kozlov, Moravia, which was then part of the Austro-Hungarian Empire in the year of our Lord 1903. Now, despite the occasional claimed that Sindler was of Jewish origin, he grew up Catholic with his family. In the year 1905, his family moved to... Favoritine, favoriten, Vienna. <laughs> I can't say anything today. <laughs> favoritine, Vienna, where a large Czech-speaking community was. And this is where the young Mate began to play football in the streets of Vienna. Unknown to him at this time, these were the same streets that his Austrian teammate, uh, Joseph Bicon, was growing up. And during this time, Mate saw his name germanized into matthias which i can pronounce yes a little <laughs> bit easier right <laughs> you know I, I get i get why i get why people did that i looked at it and i don't like it but sheesh i can't read it so <laughs> <laughs> um so in 19 in 1917 his father was killed on the italian front during world war one and that left matthias uh his three sisters and their mom And uh, still being a fan of football, Matthias finds an apprenticeship as a mechanic after the death of his father. This was one of several small jobs. Uh, One of his others would include the being a seller of sporting goods. We're going to get into his football career here. And I will admit that I know zero to nothing about 
football and or soccer, depending on which neck of the global woods you live in. But uh, I will be pausing to ask questions. So 15 years old, uh, Matthias was considered an excellent dribbler and finisher. Okay. I have questions. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. I I know that much about 15 comes after 14. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Uh, but this would lead to a um, ASV Hertha Vienna recruiter spotting him. I assume that's some sort of elite uh, club in Austria. Uh, 1918, Matthias joins the Hertha Vienna youth squad. In just a couple of years, football and training took a greater place in his life, and uh, he joined the first team. I'm guessing that's basically like varsity, right? Yeah, so like typically, the typically with like football clubs they have their youth squads and then sometimes they'll have like a a second team and then you have like a first team that plays in all the major leagues and cups you know what there is some they do have some video of him if we can we'll try to get it onto our instagram very nice so this guy was a small dude he weighed in at 130 pounds or 60 kilograms but compensated for his frail physique by his very high technique. Some experts would say, some experts would say, I'm going to do this in an old timey radio voice. To dodge and dribble at his will, opponents and to squeeze with disconcerting ease within the opposing defenses. That, oh, like that? Really, that was really good. That's probably um, how they said it too. But he was given the nickname de Pepperine. There was a, there was a children's <laughs> cartoon when I was a kid called Pepper Ann and it was like a good cartoon. And that reminded me of it. It sounds very familiar. How do we pronounce his nickname? The man of paper. I, I don't know. I feel like every time I try to pronounce it, I'd say it with like a French accent. Hayden, if I this was not... French, how would it sound in French? Papieren. That's probably the right pronunciation then. It's missing some accents if it was French, but it has a French flow to it for sure. That's going to be as close as we get. But yeah, the man of paper. So thin. Hold on, I'm 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 looking up how to pronounce it. Papieren. I have I have the pronunciation. Let's see if you can hear it through my phone. <laughs> Papierne. Okay, something like that. The man of paper. That person definitely no. sounded French. <clears throat> I mean, that's the worst nickname you could get. We've had some good nicknames on this show, and this has been the worst one. <laughs> what has been a, what's been a good nickname? What episode? The Night Witches. The yeah, Night that's Witches. A that's a good nickname. Uh, there's one I can't remember. I'm pretty sure there's one where we talked about nicknames for like five minutes. <laughs> anyway. Okay. So Matthias would quickly show why he was brought up to the first squad, scoring his first goals in the national championship. And thanks to his great skills and feet, this also led him to be a crucial part of the Viennese formation. As football was his only way to support himself, he soon suffered a serious knee injury in May of 1923, causing him to be unavailable for an indefinite period. That means forever. (laughs) It's like like nowadays when they're like, so-and-so is injured for an indefinite amount of time. Like, oh my gosh. It's like that means that it's going to be forever. Can that be be our word of the day? We haven't done that in a while, but... Indefinite. We joked about this at work because like 
somebody did say like, oh, like the punishment's indefinite. You're never getting out of it. And it's like, that's not what that means. In, okay, indefinitely. Word of the day. For an unlimited or unspecified period of time. Now we Ooh, know that when so someone it could tears, be unlimited. It could be. It could be. So now, now we know. So it really could be that he is out forever. Unlimited or unspecified. And I guess we'll, just don't we'll, know. We'll get to that. We'll get to the injury. Um, so because of the indefinite period of injury, and along with some financial trouble by the club, Matthias soon had no club to play for. So free from any contract, but he was still injured. Matthias consulted the doctor of the Weiner amateur, and it took all I had not to say Weiner. I really wanted to, but I'll say Weiner. So he suggests that Matthias should undergo meniscus surgery, an operation considered very risky because it can mark the end of his career, but this operation was very necessary for his recovery. So cured of his injury, Matthias decided to join the club of the doctor who advised him. So he became a member of the Weiner Amateur, which is now known as FK Austria Vienna. They were then the Austrian champions and winners of the Austrian Cup. While at Weiner, Matthias helped his club win the Austrian Cup in 1925, 1926, 1933, 1935, and 1936. They would get a league title in 1926, and they would win the Mitropa Cup in 1933 and 1936. So he was a great football player that led to you know, a long period of success for his football club. And despite his toddler-looking face and extremely puny physique, Matthias was a center forward that was very technically gifted. With a good finish, effective dribbling skills, and a true leader, he also had the ability and agility to break the ankles of the defenders. So in 703 matches for his club, he would score 600 goals, which is absolutely amazing. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that much about soccer, but that is beyond impressive. Braden's looking at that and he's like, really? I thought they never scored goals. <laughs> what was the average score? Like two to one? <laughs> it's probably something like that. Three hours of that for two to one. How long are soccer matches? They're only 90 minutes, right? 90 minutes. They're 90 minutes now, but... There's like some breaks and stuff. I think they were shorter back in the day. The occasional 10-minute stoppage. Oh, stoppage time, very man. Rare, but the play of game. When someone gets bumped. Like, oh, bring out the stretcher. <laughs> anyway, I totally recognize that 600 goals in 703 matches is like really, really impressive. I know that much. Yes. All right. So let's talk a little bit about his international career. So everything we had talked about in all those cups were primarily within Austria, right, Skylar? Correct. Yeah. So for his international career... He played from 1926 up until 1937. Uh, Matthias had 43 caps, which I have no idea what that would have meant. Skyler informed me that it means games or matches, which I don't matches get why they played. just don't say matches. <laughs> because anyway. they're using the metric system. Oh, I forgot yes. this is the metric system. Yes. <laughs> What's the conversion rate between cap and match? One to one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I should have thought of that. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, in those 43 caps for his country, he scored 26 goals. And so he scored four goals in his first three international matches, which would include one in his debut match in a two-to-one victory over Czechoslovakia. Is Czechoslovakia still a country? Yes, they are. They became the Czech Republic only after World War II. Yeah, that's right. So Matthias and the Austria team were particularly prominent in the 1934 World Cup. Their highest point was their defeat. Oh, well, (laughs) I guess sometimes that happens. Um, (laughs) Team USA. Yes. Their highest point was their defeat. Oh, wait, excuse me. Of Hungary. Their defeat of Hungary. Sorry, I, I guess I, I was getting ready to different. say like defeat of Hungary, like defeat from Hungary. Like I, no, we're I was not that. expecting that. <laughs> we're keeping that in the recording. Their highest point was their victory over Hungary or their defeat of Hungary in the quarterfinals. And during a very brutal game, it ended with many bruises and sore personalities. Bottoms. <laughs> Bottoms. <laughs> they then faced the hosts, Italy in the semifinal, and fell afoul of some questionable refereeing decisions. That is home court advantage for you. Inside 20 minutes, Austrian keeper Rudolf Haydn was pushed into the net and the Italians were given the goal. See, now that's more like my kind of football. Like that just makes more sense of how the game should be played, right? right? (laughs) Makes it more interesting to watch. So a lot of speculation surrounded the standard of refereeing, which was deemed overly favorable to the host nation. Italy went on to win the game 1-0 to and win the trophy. And so their next tournament was the 19 and 36, 19 and 30, 1936 Summer Olympics. It can be the 19 and 36 or the 1930 and 6. I like the 1930 <laughs> and 6. Let's go with In that one. of our Lord 19 and 36. There we go. That is correct. Thank you, Skylar. Yes. So, Braden, why don't you tell us a little bit about those Olympics? The Olympics or just continue down the content? <laughs> <laughs> tell me tell uh, me specifically about the 1936 Summer Olympics in which the, the Vienna team played. The 1936 Summer Olympics were held in Berlin. They were the infamous Nazi Olympics. And we've done, we've done episodes on this. We've done episodes on Jesse Owens, who competed in the same Olympics on Louis Zamperini, who competed in the same Olympics. That was a good Olympics, man. That was, yeah, that was, that was a good Olympics. Uh, <laughs> I mean, but historic. Because who knew that those Olympics would be so good years later? Historic. Actually, the 1936 Olympics, a lot of the, like, that was kind of the first modern Olympics, and a lot of the, um, a lot of the Olympic traditions were actually built upon the 1936 Olympic Games. Like wearing clothing? Interesting. <laughs> like the lighting of the Olympic <laughs> torch, the, cer- the ceremonies prior to the, any of the events, etc. So 1936 games, um, the qualification for the Olympics was tumultuous and followed by a defeat to Peru. Austria appealed the result as Peru's winning goals were only scored after a fan had assaulted an Austrian player on the pitch, <laughs> which... That's amusing. (laughs) The Olympic Committee had decided to have a game replayed behind closed doors. And uh, Peru refused to participate. And so Austria was allowed entry into the tournament. As the Olympics were a much larger footballing event during this time, Austria 
were keen to transfer their European dominance to the world stage. Even though they had the desire, they were ultimately pitted against a formidable Italian side in the final. Once again, Italy continued their era of dominance and won the game 2-1. to one. Fast forward into time on April 3rd of 1938, after the German invasion of Austria, the two countries played a friendly and what would be the last game for the Austrian side as Germany was planning to poach from their team and add to their own team um, for the 1938 World Cup. The game was dubbed as Anschlussspiel. Yes. <laughs> that was so that. good. It is just surprised that you incredible. got it right. <laughs> I was I getting to... ready to laugh at the name, and then I was like, wait, that was perfect. <laughs> Did I need to say it with more anger? Anschlussspiel. That was perfect. That's also oh. perfect. I like both. The first one actually caught me off guard with how good you, need, you pronounced that. You need to that. say it with more saliva in your teeth, like Anschlussspiel. <laughs> there, that was that. That's more of how I picture that word being said. What other word has three S's in a row? None. So this was going to celebrate Austria's quote unquote coming home to the Reich. The Austrians played on the wish of Matthias in red, white, red kits, um, which represented the national flag of Austria instead of their traditional white and black kits. The game went 70 minutes in a draw as it looked like the Austrian side deliberately missed many opportunities to score. Finally, Matthias scored, and as he went to center field, he looked up at the Nazi dignitaries and celebrated with a jig mocking the nazis so i've got a question here soccer question soccer history question soccer history the game went 70 minutes in a draw meaning that's when matthias scored or it was like 70 minutes in a draw he scored how long was the game was it still 90 minutes it was yeah i'm pretty sure it was 90 minutes okay Uh, it went for 70 minutes in a draw and then sometime around the 70 70th minute 71st minute he scored okay and then his teammate went on to score again so they ended up winning to zero oh easy w easy dub thank Um, you yeah yeah no, no problem As Matthias was a world talent, the Germans really wanted him on their team coming up to the 1938 World Cup. So they asked him several times to join the Germany side. Matthias refused every time. He very much didn't like the Nazis. He didn't like the way they treated the Jews, and he had several Jewish friends. Um, And so I think it was kind of his stand against them and, and up for his friends that he decided to refuse to play for them. And he helped get him out of playing as he decided to retire at the age of 35, which is still, I mean, a lot of players nowadays don't even make it to the age of 35. <laughs> they die <laughs> in any sports. <laughs> Soccer's dangerous, man. <laughs> <laughs> you might get bumped over or something. Yeah. And that's it. <laughs> You got rolled too many times. Got to get a hip replacement. Years of psychological counseling. It's rough. <laughs> it's a rough sport. That's horrible. True, yeah, and you know it's true. It is. It's it's very you know true. it's true. That's, that's a rough sport. That's the thing that ruins soccer. Like that's why I, women's soccer is better. I. Uh, mm, mm-hmm. It is. It is. 
Mm-hmm. Alex Morgan, dude. Alex dude, that's like saying women's <laughs> not okay. That is so that's not why you like women's <laughs> soccer. I just have the biggest crush on Alex Morgan. Yeah, so let's let's crazy. finish this up here. So also in 1938, in his retirement, he appeared as himself in the Austrian film Roxy and the Wonder Team. And I guess I we failed to mention that um the Austrian team was nicknamed the Wonder Team because of how amazing they were. A year later in 1939, uh, Matthias and his girlfriend were mysteriously found dead in their bedroom. And the cause of death was um, determined to be carbon monoxide poisoning. Determined by who? That is a good question, actually, Hayden. Uh, that is a really good question. The Gestapo. The Gestapo. Yep. Because this is this would have been a state employee of Austria, which is now under Nazi rule. So, would they have called it Austria at the time? No. State Austria was annexed by Germany. Germany. Many, many people did question his death and an investigation was opened, but it was very quickly shot down by the Nazi party officials, which of course increased suspicion. In 2001, he was chosen in Austria's team of the century. He was also, I believe he was also chosen as like an European all-star century team as well. And then Matthias was arguably one of Europe's best and in scope most influential footballers of his generation. He was recognized for his ball control, passing and dribbling, and especially his creativity. It's been said that a lot some Viennese football fans went to Sindler's games not only to see him play, but to get a better understanding of how football should be played. And that's why they charged tuition to go to the games. That concludes this week's episode on Matthias Sindler. However, his last name is pronounced. We still don't know. Uh, But uh, hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Thank you again for joining us. And we'll be back with you in a couple weeks for a new story. So Skylar, close us out. In the meantime, give us a follow on our Instagram at Finest Hours Podcast. If you have anybody you would like us to talk about in the future that has has done something amazing, incredible, um, has influenced other people, feel free to give us an email at finesthourspod at gmail.com. And also, don't forget to rate and subscribe. That's it. That is it. Arrivederci. It means goodbye, right? Where I like how you said from? that with a Western accent. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>